Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, so we, we want to welcome y'all back to another Hunt Stand podcast episode, and today we got Mr. Brian Murphy on, and Brian, we've already had you on the podcast a few times, so I don't think there's any need for introductions again, so welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be with you today. Man, it's, it's always a good time. I definitely always learn something from you when I get you on here. I always do, so I'm looking forward to seeing what I can pick up from you today, but today we're going to be announcing something special and it's already been on social media people probably seen some emails if you're subscribed to our email list but today on the podcast we're going to talk about a new tier that everybody can upgrade to and that's our new version of hunt stand it's called hunt stand pro whitetail it's the top tier we have and brian you had a big big hand in the development of that so i know we're excited and i want to hear your thoughts man i mean how has it been putting all this hard work into this and now seeing it come to fruition. Well, I tell you, Will, as a, as a deer biologist, I, I couldn't be a more proud and more excited to share a couple of these new tools that I had a hand in, in developing because, you know, as a, as a career, you know, 35 year long deer biologist in the outdoor industry, my, my, my goal since a child was to work in this industry and work with deer and to, and to help teach other people about deer. Uh, I'm a you know a deer geek, uh, deer scientist, if you will, by, mm-hmm. by training, but also a deer hunter. Yep. And so, you know, I've enjoyed that opportunity. And when I first joined the hunt stand team a couple of years ago, our CEO, Lanford Holloway, he, he one of the key reasons he wanted me on the team was to bring some whitetail expertise and some new functionality to the app to further assist whitetail hunters. And so this, uh, this new tier has been in the work for over a year. Uh, and a couple of the products that I have uh, helped create, which we'll talk about today, have literally consumed me nights and weekends and hundreds of hours over the last year as I dove through the data and really helped crunch these things. So uh, I am super excited to talk about uh, not only the all six of the new features in in the Pro Whitetail tier, but the two that I specifically helped uh, create. 
those being the new nationwide whitetail rut map mm-hmm. and, a, and a new revolutionary whitetail forecasting tool that will give hunters an idea of deer movements over an upcoming seven-day period, much like a weather forecast. Yeah. And I got to say, I know quite a few members on our team have already gotten to use this tool within the past two weeks of this launching. And I mean, the whitetail activity forecast layer or tool, that whatever you want to call it on the app, has been spot on, man. Spot on. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's that's encouraging. You know, and frankly, I'm I'm not surprised. And the reason I'm not surprised is, you know, we built this thing the correct way, mm-hmm. and that's not an easy thing to do. You know, when I was first uh, tasked with coming up with a deer movement predictive tool, something that would tell hunters how likely it is a deer is going to move a given time of day or a given day over a seven day period, that's not an easy thing to do. No. Uh, you know, because there are so many things that come into play with what drives a deer to move mm-hmm. and some of which we'll never know, frankly. I mean, there's no no perfect tools, but really the first step in that was understanding the individual deer breeding chronology or rutting pattern for each individual area of the United States. Because if, until you have that breeding data, you can't then predict deer movements across the season with any precision. So the first thing we had to do was build this nationwide rut map. So that was really the first step in in creating the the, the activity tool. Mm-hmm. So the whitetail rut map, uh, basically in in brief, is again a detailed two week peak rut period for every single county or parish or other geographic designation in the United States in which whitetail deer reside. Well, about ninety eight percent of those. So we got forty three states of the lower forty eight uh, mapped to that level. Uh, so. That then allows us to look at kind of what that tells us about the breeding chronology of whitetail deer at a local level. Okay. Most of the models that other hunters or other apps may use typically only apply one or two, you know, weather criteria or maybe some moon phase stuff. And they apply it to all deer herds everywhere, regardless of when that deer herd breeds. That's just not, that's just not a valid approach. Right. And I've even seen that and I won't name the apps that I've used, but I've used other apps before and... I'll be in a certain area. I mean, it's just been way off and that makes sense hearing you say that now. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Iowa, for example, and they say, Hey, the second week of November is the peak of the rut and deer are doing this. Well, that makes sense. You know, however, if you live in the deep South or, you know, parts of Florida, the Carolinas, your rut may be over. It may not have even started yet. Uh, And in fact, you know, what our rut map project uh, showed to us, which shocked even me, I knew there was incredible variation what it showed was that across the, the, the U.S. Uh, alone, the rut, the earliest rut date until the latest rut date spanned 210 days. In other words, seven months wow. of rut variation. Uh, and in fact, it, it, it bridged nine different calendar months. So there was a rut occurring in the United States from July to March somewhere in our country. Uh, so to apply a single set of criteria to a November rut is just not a, a valid way to approach this exercise. So we reached out to the 43 states. Uh, thankfully, uh, many of the state deer program leaders are, are personal friends of mine. I've worked with them for years. So I was you know, fortunate to get uh, you know, a, a ready audience of, of deer biologists willing to provide their data. And a lot of hunters will wonder, how do we know this kind of information? Well, the most uh, reliable source of deer breeding information is what we call conception data or fetal data. Mm-hmm. That's simply where pregnant does are harvested. They have fetuses in them. Those fetuses can be removed and measured. 
And that measurement tells us how many days old that fetus is at the time the dough was harvested. We can then simply backdate that, that number of days to the date the dough conceived. Very accurate, very reliable. The science has been around a long time. So we can then plot a particular breeding pattern for a deer herd and look at that peak rut and that second so-called second rut. And we can actually understand, you know, precisely. And a lot of hunters also think that the rut varies considerably year to year in their area. Uh, that how, how can you have a rut map if it changes every year? What unfortunately, well, or fortunately in our case, it doesn't change much. Despite what hunters believe, uh, the science has been repeated over and over and over. And, and I'm talking about from Canada, to South Texas to Florida, you know, hundred different studies. Yeah, and they show that if a deer herd typically breeds in you know mid October in your area, it's going to keep breeding in mid October. Uh, there's nothing we know of in our lifetimes that's probably going to change that. Hmm. It may shift a couple of days, but it doesn't shift a couple of weeks. Okay. So, so what we have in our map is the the standard average for that particular area. So you may see a couple of days variation on either end, but you're not going to see a huge shift in that. Uh, so we're able to get uh, conception or fetal data from most of the states. There were a few states that didn't have that. So we used uh, adult buck harvest, which is tightly correlated to the rut. Mm-hmm. Obviously, hunters shoot a lot more adult bucks during the rut. So right. we can have... 100,000 adult bucks killed in a given state and there have to be reported to the state agency, they can plot those on a graph and you can align that with the rut very easily. And believe it or not, even deer car collision data is correlated very strongly with the rut. More deer hit on our highways when they're rutting. I did not think about that factor. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to kind of get at this. Um, but, uh, But our map now, again, has that level of detail and because, you know, again, we mapped it to 4,240 counties of parishes. Um, however, many counties, particularly in Alabama, Mississippi, the Deep South, they may have as many as three different ruts in one county. Dang. So we, we, we have even partitioned it down to that level. So we have well over 5,000 unique deer herds identified in the rut map. So that's a very powerful, very specific uh, set of data for hunters that they can really see what's going on, not only where they hunt, it's great for that if you want to determine when to plan your your own hunting activities, but if you're prospecting new areas or new states, mm-hmm. you, know, you can then look and say, all right, when is it rut in Kansas or South Texas or Maine or wherever you might be wanting to, to uh, potentially hunt. And if you want to do something really cool and try to take a buck in you know, six consecutive calendar months during the rut, that can be done. You know, in fact, you can hunt a rut almost nine months of the year in, in the whitetails range. And we need to maybe hunt stand needs to coin this new, you know, uh, whitetail rut slam, which is how many months in a row can you take a, a buck during the rut in a different area? Um, I like that. New, maybe we're on to something. It's, it's kind of like your buddy, uh, Mr. Jeff Buds, who chases turkeys for I forget how many consecutive months out of the year. We could do well, that with he, whitetail. He, he, yeah, he pulled off a 12-month cycle, which is only legal every so many years where you can start and end. So, yeah, he was able to harvest a turkey in every calendar month legally in the United States, which is pretty cool. Man. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we can start a new one with uh, with uh, with whitetails during the rut. And uh, Florida holds the distinction of having the most variation, uh, and it's because of their southern latitude. We can mm-hmm. go into great depth on why that is. But uh, not surprisingly, you can literally start hunting in southern Florida in July and finish in the panhandle in late February, early March yeah. and hunt a rut every month. So pretty cool there. Good so uh, so that was the first step, you know, in, in our kind of two pronged approach was to create the whitetail rut map. And that's out and available in the new pro tier. The second one was 
a more comprehensive build, and that is this deer movement forecasting tool. Mm-hmm. We call it the whitetail activity forecast. Yep. It provides both a one-day forecast, what are the best conditions today, morning, evening, and it gives you a score. And we'll talk a little bit about what that score tells you in just a minute. And then it also gives you a seven-day. So basically, it's like a seven-day weather forecast. What's today's weather and what's mm-hmm. the weather going to be like the rest of the week? And so what it does is it gives you uh, peak movement times each day. Uh, and then it also gives a corresponding score. And that score is expressed as a percentage. And so next to each, let's say, for example, on Tuesday at 6 p.m. is the peak movement time and you get a 67 percent score. What that means is on a perfect scale of 100 percent, that 67 percent doesn't mean you have a 67 percent chance of seeing a deer. What it tells you is that of all the perfect variables that we possibly know of that we have baked into this model, that 67 percent of those are in your favor as a hunter. So that kind of gives you a relative kind of idea of, all right, two thirds of all the perfect variables are in my favor at 67%. Okay. If you got to get up into the seventies, eighties, 90% range, you're talking about almost perfect conditions. Mm-hmm. And those will likely be associated with, you know, something around the rut, pre-rut, peak rut, post rut, you know, during that, that really active period of the year. Uh, so those scores, you know, again, tell you, uh, you know, the best time of that day and the best days of that week. But what's important here is that if you happen to enter a situation where you have, uh, let's say again, Tuesday afternoon at 6 p.m., it tells you it's 82 percent. That's a really strong score. A lot of things are in your favor, probably. So there's probably a good likelihood that other days that week are almost that high. So it could be that many days that week are worth hunting. So it's not about which only one day to hunt each week. It's so look not only at which day it has the highest score, but what the general scores are for the week. And what that tells you as well. Uh, so, so pretty, pretty cool stuff. In okay, so in the whitetail rut map, a lot of the science that's back behind that is included into this whitetail activity forecast. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Again, we couldn't even start to predict with precision mm-hmm. deer movements unless we knew what that individual deer herd's breeding chronology looked like. In other words, when it went through the pre-rut, the rut, the post-rut, the second rut, because those breeding related behaviors drive movement more than any single weather variable that we know. Okay. But they're going to, they're going to move around the rut period of regardless of environmental conditions, because right. they have to, that's what they do. So we, you know, that was a key, you know, a key underpinning of the whitetail activity forecast was that site specific rut data. So um, in, a, in addition to that, with this whitetail activity forecast with that percentage, and I know you're talking about some of the other, um, perfect uh perfect scenarios perfect situations the ideal day what were some of the other factors aside from the whitetail rut map that are included in that to get you that percentage yeah so we have actually almost 15 different variables worked into the model okay uh, and so we have a obviously the the rut data which mm-hmm. in other words the the each individual deer herds pre-rut, rut, post-rut, all the different phases of the breeding period, and what we know about how deer move around those 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 periods of the season for them. We also have what we call a temporal or a time variable. Okay. Because we, we have good data from collared deer research that shows that there are changes in deer movements based on evening versus move, uh, morning patterns as the season progresses. And it's mm-hmm. not a straight up or straight down. We kind of typically cycle out of a, an evening pattern 
in the pre, before the pre-rut, heavier evening dominated around food sources pattern. As the pre-rut progresses, we start to see more balanced morning and evening activity. Okay. And as the season progresses past the second rut into the later stages of winter, we typically see a, an increasing evening activity pattern again, also around food sources. Yeah. So, so we have the breeding data built in. We have a time variable built in, time of day. Mm-hmm. And we start adding all the environmental things. Okay. So we look at parametric pressure. We look at temperature, wind speed, um, you know, humidity, um, all kinds of different variables, all the weather variables that have any science that back them in terms of their impact on deer movement. And we're calculating those in real time. Mm-hmm. So when we give a, a forecast for a week, just like you need to check your weather forecast regularly, even if it says it's going to rain seven days from now, you're going to check that because that can oh, yeah. change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and because our model draws on 11 different data sources, every time a hunter clicks on whitetail activity forecast for their area, 11 different databases are, 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 are touched and data is compiled in real time right then. So it could literally change on the fly in minutes. Wow. Uh, if you're in a period of settled weather, nothing much has changed and it's not going to change much. However, if you've got a, you know, a passing front or an approaching front or really unsettled weather conditions, I would certainly encourage hunters to check their activity scores very frequently because it's changing to keep up with all how the weather is changing to be the most accurate. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an incredibly powerful tool, like I said, and no one has ever, I can assure you, cause I've picked apart all the other models that, that, that other apps or other uh, sources have used. And none of them are even, I hate to say on the same stage with the depth of science and complexity. Uh, we are blessed at hunt stand that we have, uh, you know, uh, our chief technology officer, who is a PhD mathematician mm-hmm. who can take all this biological data and, and impacts that I can, that I've drawn on throughout my career through the research that I've, I've, I've gleaned, but I could then turn over that, all that weighted stuff to a mathematician to build a model. And so Man. there's no hunter out there. I haven't met yet anyway, that can crunch tens of thousands of data combination of all those variables in real time. Uh, that's what we've done for hunters. It's just made it easier for them to just look at through the app and determine when the, the best times are to hunt in a particular day or a particular day of the week. Wow. Yeah. And I think one of the things is when people look and see some of the marketing that we're putting out right now, one of the slogans we have is, you know, this is, this stuff is backed by real science. This isn't just all fluff and, you know, marketing. This is actually backed by science. And I think when people are listening to this podcast right now, they're going to understand that just listening to you talk about it. Well, and, and, and as much as, you know, I'll get, I'll, I guess I'll get credit for creating this thing because my name's on it, but I mm-hmm. can also say that I have collaborated with about a dozen of the top deer minds in our nation. Uh, a lot of the most uh, esteemed deer professionals, PhDs and others at academic universities and free, you know, uh, you know, private folks, you know, I, I, I sought out to create the best model possible. So I didn't, want to fool myself into believing I had all the right answers from the get-go. Mm-hmm. This was a complex build. Oh, yeah. And so, I, you know, I wanted to, to get good thought, you know, stimulating discussion, going with some people that I respect, uh, some of my colleagues. And so I reached out to, you know, almost a dozen different folks, uh, some with 40 and 50 years of experience in wow. deer research. And, and and so I said, hey, this is my logic framework of how I'm going to build this model you agree, you know, how would you do this? How would you approach that? What would you include? What would you not include? Mm-hmm. What kind of weight should we give to these various variables based on what the science says or we think it says? 
so this was not some hap- haphazard sort of just throw a few things in a box and shake it and see what comes out the other side. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can tell you, I've got a few new circles under my eyes for the amount of you know, hours that I have spent, you know, working on this thing. And because, uh, you know, I want to be proud of it. I mean, anybody does it, build something. But, you know, I've spent, like I said, 35 years of my career working with whitetail deer. The last thing I want to do is put out something I can't be proud of. And and so I'm I'm incredibly proud of this. And I'm grateful that so far, you know, almost everybody that has used it in the last couple of weeks during the early testing has been amazed. I mean, wow, that has been spot on within minutes generally of what I'm seeing in the field. And I shared with you right before this call, yep. uh, I, I was just at my a local friend of mine who's my local Bowtech, I was getting my peep sight re, re, readjusted and and he's an absolute, I mean, 68-year-old, long-time deer veteran. I mean, spends every day in the woods. And he said, Brian, he said, I, I'm a little bit confused. He said, I've been going the last mornings and evenings and seeing a lot of deer. And he said, this morning, I didn't see anything. He said, then when I was running some errands between 10 and 11 o'clock, he said, there were deer everywhere. And I just smiled at myself because I had checked the forecast for today yeah. for our county. And, uh, I just I said, hey, come in and look at this. And he's not a hunt stand user. He's an older guy, doesn't use technology. And I said, hey, come here and look at this. I said, read what my activity forecast said was today's peak movement time. And he looked at it and put his glasses on. He said, 10 a.m. And then he just had this dumbfounded look like, how did you how did you do that? And I said, and to be honest, he said, I was starting to question it myself because I said, this is the first time it's predicted a late morning since I built the app. You know, I mean, it's been predicting mostly evening patterns, you know, yeah. pretty and all of a sudden it shifted to 10 a.m. And I was like, you know, I hope I hope this is all crunching right. And then, then he told me that and I just had to laugh to myself. And and uh, so it's it's not a perfect tool. Um, and, 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 the, and the fact is, it never will be because there's a certain amount of deer movement that we can't explain. Right. And it could be that, you know, a farmer drove through the the the, the, the woods or the pasture at the wrong time and bumped them or a coyote bumped mm-hmm. them or they just got the interest to get up that hour and go have a you know, eat under a white oak acorn tree at noon for some crazy reason. I mean, some of these things we can't, we can't explain, but we do think based on science and and the the conversations I've had that we can explain about 70% of what makes a deer move. Yeah. Uh, And if we can explain 70% of that variation, that will consistently be a tool that will improve hunter success. And that's our, that's our goal. And one thing that we're blessed, we kind of almost have a closed data loop in the hunt stand ecosystem because we have a couple of million users and a percentage of those folks voluntarily record in the app observation data, what they're seeing, what they're harvesting. Yep. And we can amalgamate those data and not look at them individually. We don't want to know what Fred, what Fred killed in South Texas or Sally killed in North Carolina, right. but, but collectively we can gather all that information and plug it back into our model and say, all right, here's what our users are seeing, and here's what our users are, are harvesting. Do those peak times match the peak times in our in our deer movement model? And if they don't, then we can tighten that up, and we can figure out what we're missing. So it's a beautiful opportunity for mm-hmm. real science, the way the model's built now, based on real science, mixed with citizen science from our own users. And so we fully expect this model to be tweaked and improved as we go over time. So as good as it is now, and I think it's really good now, uh, I think we have a chance to make it even better uh, as more and more users use it, we get feedback. And then also we start to use some real time data 
uh, from from those who are recording it in the app. So really cool opportunity to have something, I think, groundbreaking and revolutionary when it comes to a deer hunting tool. All right, y'all, we're going to interrupt this podcast real quick for a quick word from our sponsors. The Hunt Stand Podcast is brought to you by Lacrosse Footwear, innovating boots that endure with you through every adventure, now and forever forward. The Hunt Stand Podcast is also brought to you by Springfield Armory and Winchester. All right, y'all, we're going to get back to this episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one, one of the things I want to talk about is we were talking about this before the podcast is kind of taking uh, the two specific layers like the rut map and the whitetail activity forecast and a couple other things and essentially marrying those things together to try and find some success. But, but before we talk about that, what are some of the other features that have been added into Pro Whitetail that we've launched this year? Yeah, so that we've we've added uh, a suite of six new features within the app, and the two that we've talked about, of course, are the rut map and the whitetail mm-hmm. activity forecast. But there are four others, and they're all uh, different uh, map layers, if you will. One of those is a crop history layer. Mm-hmm. And this basically gives uh, assigns one of 134 different types of plantings, typically agricultural crops, corn, beans, you know that type of thing, alfalfa, wheat, whatever it may be, yep. to a particular area. So USDA Farm Services Agency uh, uses satellite imagery and and the light signatures off of plants, and they can actually determine from satellite imagery what types of crops are being grown. Really? They don't have to ask the farmer what they're growing. They can literally tell it from the light refraction off the crops. Huh. So so they can assign uh, crop fields to one of 134 different types of either crops or cover types. Wow. And so we have this layer now available in the pro whitetail tier where hunters can look at what agriculture is being planted around them. And it will change each year, yep. obviously, as, as, as the crops are updated. So it'll tell you what the most recent crop history was for a particular field near you. And that's to me incredibly useful, not only from a hunting strategy. Obviously, if you're in the Midwest and crops dominate, you want to know who's got beans or corn or alfalfa near you. And if any of it's left, obviously, during the the, the hunting season, you want to be putting your stands as close to those lines as you can if they're hitting yep. pretty hard anyway. Um, and good thing is, is you've got, you know, hunt stand tools such as monthly satellite imagery to look at and see if those crops are still in the field or not, or if they've been already harvested. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got property boundary stuff, so you know how close you can get your stand legally uh, to those areas. You have measurement tools. You can measure how far it is to those crop fields. You can do all kinds of neat stuff in the hunt stand app. But I look at it, again, being a deer biologist, I'm always looking more of the habitat side. And I use that crop history in a different way. And so if I'm helping a landowner, you know, write a management plan or hunters figure out what to plant in their food plots. Mm-hmm. First thing I always do is pan back out a couple of thousand acres around that particular property and see what's going on around them and see if there is agriculture, what agriculture it is. Because if it's beans and corn, those are warm season planted crops are available typically during the summer, early fall, maybe early winter months, but they're not cool season, that cool season, clovers, alfalfa, those sorts of things. So if you're surrounded by warm season agriculture, what you need to plant cool season food plots um, to attract and hold the deer during the key hunting time of the year. And the, and the reverse is true. If they've got some cool season winter wheat crop, but no warm season agriculture, mm-hmm. then you might want to plant some warm season soybeans or cowpeas or, Ashenomany or whatever it may be for your area. Right. So 
you can use that crop history layer in kind of two different ways, a current hunting strategy layer, and then also what you might want to plant to offset what's already available in your neighborhood. So, so the crop layer is a third edition. Okay. One I just mentioned, uh, another one I just mentioned was the monthly satellite layer. Okay. And HuntStand is unique, truly unique among all apps. There is no other app on the market of any kind that we're aware of that has monthly satellite imagery. Um, most uh, hunters probably don't even realize that when they're looking at a Google map image or a map box image in another app or in our app, we have both those layers too, um, that many of those images are two, three or more years old. Yeah. Not recent. Um, that, you know, these photographs aren't taken every year or even every six months, particularly in rural America where most hunting occurs. You know, they're frequently updated around urban centers, but let's face it, not many of us hunt those urban pockets. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, t- the ability to have a monthly view of what's going on around you, let's say, for example, you had a, you know, you recently cleared some of your forest and planted a food plot and you want to see it, measure it, or you had a clear cut or you had a massive burn. Uh, you, maybe you're planning to hunt out West on a big chunk of public land and you don't look at this monthly satellite layer and you spend all the time and money and you show up and it's been burned stem to stern for 25,000 acres. And you go, holy, you know what, what do I do now? <laughs> you could have seen that. You could have known that just by looking at, at our, our map layer. So that's a really cool feature, you know, floods, you know, fires, all kinds of different uses for it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and just to see what kind of recent management activities are occurring to know what's going on around you. So monthly satellite images would be the fourth piece we also have a, a new layer that is very intriguing. It is a whitetail habitat suitability layer. And so this is a, uh, a third party company that we partnered with, a geospatial company that has some hunters involved. And they took it upon themselves to classify different types of vegetation throughout North, throughout the United States and can assign different levels of hab- habitat suitability to each of those com- plant community types. Okay. For example, a, a fairly recent cutover area that is actively growing in in Forbes and and you know low growing vegetation would be highly attractive to deer. A lot of groceries out there. Yeah, you know, compare that to a fifty year old mature hardwood forest with no sunlight hitting the ground, apart from a few acorns and hard mast in the, in the fall. That's pretty much a desert. Uh, so it basically, can take all the different cover types, fields, forests, edges, and create a a layer, a heat coated, color coded layer that hunters can use to look at the inherent habitat characteristics in a given area and determine if they're higher or lower for white-tailed deer. And where that can really come into play is if hunters are, uh, you know, looking at, you know, particularly public land, big blocks of public yep. land, you don't know where to start, right? You know, you got a 5,000 acre public hunting area and, and you're going to go hunt it. You don't even know where to start. You, you could zoom in and use this tool to identify the, the hotter, redder zones, if you will, the more, more, preferable areas for habitat and more likely find more deer, higher deer densities and probably better deer quality in those areas because of improved nutrition. And uh, again, if you're uh, planning to hunt out West or you do hunt out West, you're often hunting big blocks, 50,000 acres, hundred thousand acres of public land in some cases. And this will help you drill down to where those, those vegetative components are most preferable for white-tailed deer or in deer in general. So it worked mm-hmm. for mule deer, elk and that sort of thing just equally well because all cervids, all deer family kind of use the same habitat right. characteristics. So, so that's a, that's a neat new layer as well. 
Um, and finally, we have obtained a, yet another satellite image layer from USDA Farm Services Agency, which is absolutely breathtaking in its clarity. I have been continually amazed. I've looked at several of the, the hunt areas or, or parcels that I've saved in hunt stand that I frequent from Texas to the Midwest all over. And in almost every case, it was the most vivid map view of that property that I have ever seen. Uh, the clarity is just amazing. And they update that no less than every two years, which actually is pretty frequent for the quality that it is. Wow. Um, and so if you're looking for that crystal clear, I'm talking about tax sharp, look at deer trail from the sky sharp, uh, that, that layer probably is going to be something you want to take a look at. So, uh, we now offer four different map satellite map views in, in hunt stand. If you get the pro white tail upgrade, of course. So we have standard Google image, which most of the apps out there provide, and that can often be quite good. Mm -hmm. We offer app box view, which is another satellite. We, offer, we also offer the monthly satellite view, which is unique to us. And then now this USDA Farm Services uh, aerial imagery layer, which is also going to be unique to the Hunt Stand app. So, so yeah, you can toggle between all these different um, satellite views of a given property very quickly in seconds and determine which one provides whatever level of detail and clarity you need. Uh, and, and, and that's the beauty of it. You don't have to just rely on one. You can just bounce back and forth and find the one that uh, is best for your particular hunting area. Oh, heck yeah. And yeah, I've, I've been playing with that aerial imagery layer and I couldn't believe how crystal clear. I mean, I put that, pulled it up the first time and I, I couldn't believe it. So for all the listeners out there, I think you definitely want to upgrade Pro Whitetail if you haven't yet, because you'll want to see that. And so, Brian, the next thing I want to talk about is we, we talked about it. I mentioned this earlier. We talked about this before the podcast was marrying a few of these layers or maps together and helping you approach a hunt or figuring out a strategy or putting things together to hopefully have more success. So I want to hear what, tell me about this. Yeah. So, you know, there are many ways to use multiple tools within the hunt stand ecosystem or platform together. Mm -hmm. And and I think any any current hunt stand user, I would bet that probably the most frequently used thing they they uh, are tool they currently use is the is the hunt zone. Yep. The wind the wind indicator, right? Because that's going to tell us what what stand to hunt that day. Yep. Right. So that's that's an absolute go to. If you're not using that, well then I'm not sure why. Uh, because because <laughs> uh, that is a, a wonderful tool and uh, I use it almost daily as I during the hunting season. But really, you can step back from that now with the rut map and with the deer, uh, the whitetail activity forecast tool. Mm -hmm. So what I would encourage hunters to first do is to look at the, the rut map as a first step and determine when the, their peak of the rut is, the pre-rut, the post-rut, the second rut. Kind of break down their season because their hunting strategies and where they want to hunt on a given property may change with each of those phases of the breeding season. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that, well, I'll say we know, we typically... We'll hunt the pre-rut. That's a period of increased deer movements. So you want to get where you got good visibility. You're going to see a lot of deer moving and, and trolling, bucks trolling for does. It's kind of the, the the action before the real action, if you yep. will. And so, you, and vocalizations, grunt calls work well. So you can kind of fine tune your strategy. Peak of the rut, you know, often you hit that lockdown phase and you may have to shift the heavy cover because those old bucks are going to be tending those does in thick cover. So you may have to shift your strategy again. As you kind of come out of the peak of the rut into what we call the waning rut, uh, then you might want to kind of move back to that almost pre-rut sort of sort of strategy. 
And then as you enter the second rut in the late season, you're going to be shifting your strategies all throughout the season. So first thing is understand and to kind of break your season into different chunks and then adapt there. Second thing is then to use, once you've selected, all right, I'm going to hunt the pre-rut um, and I'm going to do these certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can go to the whitetail activity forecast as that period approaches, at least. And you can say, all right, in the next seven days of the pre-rut, here's my best days and times. Yep. So you can then start narrowing down. I need to be hunting Thursday and Friday and Saturday because that's the increasing pattern of deer movement based on the model. And those are the times I'm really going to focus on. So then it allows me to pick days, specific days that will give me the best odds. Then I say, all right, now, which stands am I going to hunt? So then I go to the, the hunt zone and I overlay hunt zone on all the different stands in that on, on my property and say, all right, these are the best stands for this day based on this model, based on this time of the year, based on the rut map. So it's yep. about all those pieces together to just really drill down to say, all right, here's the stand, the day of the week, the time of the year. I mean, bam, bam, bam. I've got all the three pieces of the puzzle I need to give myself the best chance possible. And that's what it's all about. You know, we all have limited time. You know, I used to be of the belief that that hunting was just simply a matter of seat time on a deer stand. If you just hunt a lot, you're going to be successful. And to some extent, that's true. But I have since learned with a little gray hair and a few battle scars that <laughs> hunting very specifically the right stands at the right time, I can hunt actually less and be more successful. Um, and so, so I have, I have gotten a little wiser, I think with my age and, and, you know, and now these tools, and that's basically what we did, you know, well, Will, you're on the hunt stand team. We're all hunters. We sit around oh, yeah. and talk about this stuff all the time. What can we do? What tools can we provide? What, what things are missing in terms of making the whitetail hunters experience richer, more, you know, more memorable, more successful. And these tools are just, you know, some of those things in, in a queue and we have other ideas coming. <laughs> That's the beauty of yes. it. We never stop, never stop dreaming and thinking. And uh, we've got a great team at hunt stand and, and, and a right balance of, I think, dear people mm-hmm. with the technology side that can build what we can dream. And that's a beautiful marriage and something that's uh, very refreshing to me. Oh, I, I 1000% agree. And, you know, I just, it kind of got me thinking, you know, we're pretty lucky with the the career we're in, you know, I'd say when this time of year comes around, we get to spend a lot of time in the stand and, you know, that's a lot different than a lot of other people that choose different career paths and do everything. They may only get one, two, three weekends a year. And that's where having a tool like this can come in super clutch for somebody, especially for that guy that he might only have that one weekend and he wants it to be the best time to have the best odds. And that's where this new tier of hunt stand pro whitetail, I think can really help out somebody like that too. No doubt. So, well, Brian, man, I know you put a lot of long hours, a lot of time into this. And I just have to say, Man, I, I'm proud of this and congrats, kudos to you for all the work that you guys put into this and, you know, just getting to see this out in the field now, getting to use it out in the field. It's, it's been awesome and I can't wait. I mean, it's only middle October. I mean, we still got a whole entire deer season ahead of us, so it's, it's going to be really neat, really awesome to see what happens with Pro Whitetail throughout the rest of the season. So, uh, man, just congrats on getting this thing launched. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but it, as they say, you know, nothing worth anything comes easy. And, and this was uh, reminded me, I almost writing my thesis back as a graduate student years ago. You're finally ready to birth, birth this thing. Yes. And see this child finally get out and, and play in the, in the schoolyard. <laughs> yes. And, um, 
And that's what it's been like. It you know, literally felt like I was back in grad school the last year as I was digging through research and coming up with all these different weights and models and bouncing it off some of my my, my peers in the, in the mm-hmm. whitetail world. And, and to see it all come together and actually see it working <laughs> um, and, and working like I hoped. And, and in fact, it's teaching me some things. I built the darn thing and it's teaching me things because I can't crunch that many variables myself oh, in gosh. real time. No, you know, that's the beauty of it is, you know, another example, I mentioned the one about my, my bow, Bowtech buddy, you know, being flabbergasted that I picked 10 o'clock in the morning as the yeah. movement. Well, I was in the early beta testing, you know, of the, of the model. I was, you know, picking several areas. Some were running now, some hadn't rutted yet, you know, different, just kind of bouncing all over the country to yeah. make sure the model was doing what it's supposed to be doing. And so I purposely picked a deer herd in South Florida that was in the peak of the rut. This was about three or four weeks ago when I was testing the model behind the scenes. So I picked an area in South Texas, sorry, South Southern Florida. that was in the peak of the rut. Mm-hmm. So I pulled it up and first few days of the model, it predicted, you know, on, almost 90% scores, which it should, you know, peak of the rut, it's a good time to be there. And then all of a sudden it shifted to like 61% scores. I mean, low, that's a pretty low scores as you approach 50% and below. That means almost half the variables are working against you. And I thought, how could that be? You know, what am I missing? What's going on with the model? Is there a bug? I started to get a little little wrench in my gut, you know. Yeah. Like, and then I started looking at uh, one of the other screens I haven't mentioned in the whitetail activity forecast is all you can toggle up and, and all the weather variables that I mentioned earlier mm. come into play and you can actually see them. And then all of a sudden I looked and what it was picking up on was the, the approaching hurricane. Oh. And it was projecting 65 mile an hour winds. Uh, and I have a, 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 a wind component built into the model that above a certain speed, it really starts to penalize you because the data suggests that mm-hmm. and once you get above about 30 miles an hour, deer activity starts to drop off very quickly yeah. in most areas. Now, if you're in South Dakota or Wyoming, maybe not, but in most of the whitetails range, very high winds are detrimental to deer movement. They just get a little goosey. Um, and so it picked up on that perfectly. And I can assure you, if you wanted to hunt 65 mile hour winds, I doubt you would have been highly successful in your hunt. Um, so, so anyway, I was, I was delighted that in a few of these cases where, you know, I was thinking there might be something going on. Uh, it picked it up, uh, very, very, uh, very appropriately. So yeah, that's awesome. So far so good. A lot of fun. Well, man, I got, I've got one more question, which I think there's going to be, uh, some consumers, potential customers out there that might be listening to this, or they're already customers and, you know, We've got this pro whitetail out now. What makes it better than some of our competitors? I know some of them are probably going to ask that. You know, when they look at our competition, they're like, well, so and so has this, 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 and this too. You know, like what makes y'all better than them? Well, I think there's a couple of key ones. I mean, one is just the value proposition to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, even our highest tier is sixty nine ninety nine, and we're talking seventy bucks. And none of our competitors are priced even near that. They're all well above that, and they don't have half the functionality that we have. And none of them. And I, and I underline none, none have the ability to give site specific rut information, movement information, mm-hmm. because they don't have the data set. It didn't exist until I built it. Uh, so they couldn't have had it. And so any any of the movement or general predictions they're giving are based on very broad landscapes, multiple states, regions, or even the entire country. And deer herds don't operate that way. With seven months of rut variation alone in the United States, unless you have that site specific deer herd dynamic data, you can't accurately predict what that deer herd is likely to do based on anything. And so 
you know, I'll stop short of saying that they're absolutely worthless because I can't make that comment. But what, I, what I can say is that they're not in the same league with ours in terms of their robustness based on science, data, breadth, and specificity to that exact deer herd where a hunter hunts level. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that alone makes it uh, worth the price of admission. I love to hear it, man. Before we leave, what kind of any parting advice for the listeners do you have on Pro Whitetail? Well, I, I mean, I just encourage them to take a look, go to our website, read the write-ups, look a little more carefully at, at the, at the mm-hmm. depth of detail and data behind it. You know, be a, be a, a sound consumer and make your own choice. Uh, I think, I think the, uh, the, the argument will be made very easily if you take the time to do that. Uh, the other thing is, is despite how wonderful these tools are, never forget that boots on the ground data, being a, a savvy hunter, you know, using local intel, real-time camera data, if you're getting it on, on your on your property trail camera data. So don't blindly follow these tools either. I think you can over-rely on technology and you can under-rely on it. It is a, you know, what we have offered is a great suite of tools based mm-hmm. on the best available science, but but continue to hone your craft as a hunter. And that will ultimately make you better. Uh, so, and the other thing is don't give up on it. Don't believe in it blindly. Uh, and, and don't give up on it either. If you got one or two times and the, and the whitetail activity forecast isn't spot on for your area, something else may have caused that. Deer may be moving just fine. And, you know, how many times have you hunted on the same property and you see nothing in the guy or gal across the farm sees every deer on the place. Yeah. So, so keep all that in mind. Uh, be, you know, be a smart consumer. But I think if you take the time to look at the value and the number of different features we offer, I don't think you, you won't hesitate to drop 70 bucks. Cause I mean, that's one tank of gas today. And yeah. if this thing helps you 365 days a year and makes your hunting more successful and, and richer and more efficient money well spent. Yeah. And if you break it down by month, it's really not that much. <laughs> so not much to it. And the good news is, is if you're already a pro customer, whatever balance of money you have left on that subscription can be applied towards your upgrade. So if you've got say 20 bucks left on your hunt stand pro subscription, that can be applied towards the, the $70 upgrade and you only pay 50 bucks. So, you know, we're, we're helping you out. If you want to just upgrade and not pay the full price, you know, we're here for you. There's some complexity of which platform you're on and, and all kinds of other things that come into play there. So it's a little right. bit of a complex uh, proposition, but you know, we have a, a you know, a, an expert customer service team waiting to help you upgrade if that's something you want to do. Awesome. Brian, love it, man. I love that you got to hop on the podcast. I know you're fixing to go to the deer stand yourself. So I just am. appreciate you hopping on with me today to podcast launch Pro Whitetail and talk about it for listeners today. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. Heck yeah, man. And I definitely learned something today. So, man, appreciate the time. My pleasure. All right, y'all. There you go. Another end to another Hunt Stand podcast episode. If you haven't yet, make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded. You can use the free version. And then to unlock all the tools and features of the app, you can upgrade to Pro. And to unlock all the Whitetail features that we have just added, upgrade to Pro Whitetail today. You don't want to miss out on using those features this fall in the Whitetail Woods. And again, y'all, we just want to thank you for tuning in for the HuntStand podcast. We really appreciate the support. You got lots of other options out there. So we thank you. So again, we'll see you on the next one.